Angola liga-te ao mundo inteiro com toda a informação em tempo real. Política, economia, cultura, gastronomia, sociedade e desporto. www.rna.ao Ao ligar, já está conectado. conectado. The RNA International connects the whole world with all boundaries, English, Lingala, French and Portuguese. Wherever you are, just visit www.rna.ao. We are together. RNA International, le rêve qui est devenu réalité. L'Angola vous connecte au monde avec toutes les informations en temps réel sur la politique, l'économie, la culture, la gastronomie, la société et les sports au www.rna.au. RNA International. Les alliés consanguins angolais n'ont qu'ils mobilisent. Les alliés n'ont pas cité. Contactez-nous à www.rna.au. Les alliés connexion globale. Ma camboignons au Yongoye Bapona et Kolangola. L'année en go Awana RNA International. www.rna.au. Connexion globale. And you're still in the company of the English edition of the RNA International, where we're still going to you live from Luanda, the capital city of Angola. And a few minutes ago, uh, we were talking to uh, Angolan writer uh, David uh, Gaspar, an award-winning writer, and uh, he has won an award with his book, uh, 542 Years in Coma. An intriguing book, and uh, I encourage you to read uh, this uh, book. You're going to uh, grow. You're going to grow a lot in terms of knowledge once you read uh, at this book. Great. We've been listening to great Angola music as well as we do here on that name international. Let me remind you that we do it uh, in the four different uh, broadcasts that we have on a daily basis. Great, it's now time for us to move on to Angola. Uh, it's now time for us to move on to Arts and Culture. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Arts and Culture, focusing on our uses and costume. In this edition, we are having a look at the role of an uncle in the Kimbundu and Kikongu people. An uncle is a name used in an extended family. An uncle is either a brother or one of someone's parents. In some cultures, an uncle is considered a close family member. Based on the old Chinese saying, the oldest son in the family is the father of the family. An uncle is often the head of the family. During the Middle Ages in Western Europe, a maternal uncle played a particular role in the family. A young man was often closer to his maternal uncle than to his own father. In the African context, the uncle is the young or the old brother of the mother. He is the pillar of the family and is the one who deals with the main matters of the family. An uncle takes care of his family and teaches the new generation about the history of the family and its origins. 
Anthropologist João Casul explains that the position of an uncle in the African context contributes to the ownership of the family brought by his sister. According to him, in the past, the uncle was the one who decided for a sale of the person within the family during the slavery period. He adds that the son and daughter that a sister has delivered is the continued generation of the uncle. The uncle in African context is the brother of our mother. The uncle can be an older brother or a younger brother of our mother. In our African context, is in a motherhood uh, perspective that we bring up the gentlemen who have a position of an uncle. The context in African understanding of the position of an uncle is called to be the ownership of the family that is born or is brought by his sister. Remember, it we take back in our ancestries of the colonial area, the time of slavery trade. A uncle is the person who could sell the son, the daughter who were born by her sisters. In other words, we understand that the daughter and the son that my sister have born is the one is the continued generation to me is something that superficially try to understand in a kind of uh, the african setup is like um, my children as an uncle is a doubtful but the children that are born by my sister there's no doubt because who gives the birth is a woman not a man so in other words a son is replied to the man is going to be a question mark to be accepted in African context is really true. He is the father, but you will never decide such understanding in your sister's idea. So our go forward generations is born by the sisters, not by the brother. The brother child belong to the wife's brother. My family heritage is understood by the children that was born by my sisters. It's lineage. Professor Jean Casul says that in the current context, uncle is no longer seen as the pillar of the family. According to him, they lost their original sense of teaching the new generation of the genealogical tree of the family. Today, uncle, they don't manage the families anymore. We are missing up some of kind, uh, what we call, I usually use the word, the mosaic cultural understanding of setup of African coming together, having meal as a family, to know the nieces, the cousins, and so that they avoid to make themselves to sit around the tables or around the fire to tell stories, to experience the generation, what we call the genealogical tree of the family. We are missing this. So, in because of this reason, the uncle have lost their position in the family. This is very clear in decades of 80s, 90s, and the 20s. And for what? Because remember, our fathers are passing away. Generations coming, they are not laying in the culture. They are not keeping the culture. New influences coming from outside bring in. 
You see, now it's very common to see cousin getting married or cousin getting together because of what? There is no passing of testimony. There is no passing of our identity. And that is the weakness of our education. I always say, as a linguistic person, we are missing this because of the death of our language. Language is identity. Language is a root. Language is what we should never expect it to disappear. And the country that loses a language, it is losing its own identity. And when you lose your own identity, you borrow external identity. That's what happened in Angola. That's what happened in Africa. It's a very serious scholar supposed to stop, to sit down, to discuss and write what is really our identity, but we are missing it. We are expecting to have analysis of Western thought, not Western knowledge, and forgetting that we are having knowledge that we could be acquiring, we could be preserving. The academic consider important to restore our cultural identity of getting back to our heritage and bring up what people are missing. According to him, the restoration of using local languages is one of the way to recover people's identity. There is something today when we call that we are running after what we acquire as knowledge, not wisdom. Because when we talk about wisdom in African context, you have a sense to understand that the older people is elder people. The old brother is old brother. The old sister is old sister. And you remember that in the past is that we consider somebody's father is our father. Somebody's mother is our mother. Today, no. And in African context, this is a strong weakness and we see we commit a sin if we don't restore our identity getting back to our heritage and the time to bring up what is really we are missing every single day because of influence of the western people and what we call globalizations we will never have the uncle's position set up in a genealogical point of view in our families it's a big challenge but how do I restore it? It we are losing the previous, the most important identity, which is the language. We are losing our own identity of our gastronomy. We are losing the identity of our identification of museums. We are trying to bring architectures from the Western point of view, not ours. If you travel to Zimbabwe, to South Africa, to Botswana and Namibia, you can find that some, what we call the guest house, are the build up externally with the point of view of the context of the people, but inside is the Western way. In Angola, we don't do that. We do flights. We do guest house where we lose our architecture's point of view, which could be selling that what exactly our identity as a family could be remaining in our lives. João Casulo considers that despite the challenges of globalization in the modern societies, there are families that still keep their traditions alive. He says that in these families, the uncles still have influence in the children of his sisters. I'm sure that the environment itself has been changed, has shifted because of the influence of the international arena. But even though some of the family continue maintaining to understand that the uncle has 
a strong word, important word in the children of his sisters. If we come to traditional marriage, who have the word? Is the, the brother of the mother? No, the brother of the father. Today in Africa, we are changing the being with the uh, having. Who have more money? Who have more power? Who have more positions? He become the spokesperson in the family. No, it's wrong. It's a mistake. Who has to speak in a traditional wedding is the brother of the sisters. Who is the uncle? Because he is willing to say, I can sell this child because he was brought up by my sister. There's no doubt. But a child do whose brother bring up because the brother will never uh, give a birth is a doubtful. In African context, it's a doubtful. So the uncle has a responsibility to say, I'm the uncle. This is my generation. This is my continuation. That is why the kingship programs in the long back, who could end the power of king or as a principal, was a nephew or a niece, never a son. Because the lineage of the family never been brought by a man, was brought by a woman. So this is some of the things that usually we miss up try to understand what we are borrowing from outside. To bring it in. And that was anthropologist and academic Juan Casule. With that, it also brings us towards the end of tonight's edition of Arts and Culture, which looked at the role of the uncle in the Kikongu and Kimbundu people. Thanks for listening. It is what it is. Art and Culture. Our, our Use and customs. Use and customs. Use and customs. RNA Internacional, o sonho que se tornou realidade. Angola liga-te ao mundo inteiro com toda a informação em tempo real. Política, economia, cultura, gastronomia, sociedade e desporto. www.rna.ao Ao ligar, já está a conectar. conectar. The RNA International connects the whole world with all boundaries, English, Lingala, French and Portuguese. Wherever you are, just visit www.rna.ao. We are together. RNA International, le rêve qui est devenu réalité. L'Angola vous connecte au monde avec toutes les informations en temps réel sur la politique, l'économie, la culture, la gastronomie, la société et les sports au www.rna.ao. RNA International. Les alliés consanguissent Angola na Mokili Mobima. Les alliés n'ont pas cité. Kotaka kana www.rna.ao. Les alliés connexion globale. Makambonyo so oyo ngoye ba pona eko Angola. Lande ango awana RNA International. www.rna.ao. Connexion globale. And this is still the English uh, broadcast, and we are ready for our second hour. We're fast approaching our, se- I mean, we're fast approaching our 
news bulletin time. We'll be bringing you our news bulletin in a 14, I mean in 15 minutes time. So we'd like you to stay put. We'd like you to remain the place where you are so that you can listen to our news bulletin. It will be all about uh, Angola and other parts in the world as well. Great. It's now time for us to bring you a Women Champions. Women Champions. The achievements of Angolan women in spotlights on RNA International. Ladies and gentlemen, it's um, a pleasure to host Anna Samuel, who is a coach and also TV presenter. She has been presenting um, the program Matabishu at uh, TPA. So she has a lot to tell us. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Tell us first of all, who is Anna Samuel? Anna Samuel is Angolan national, 45 years old, a housewife, a mother, like you just said, coach and um, entrepreneur. So I've lived for the past, I've had some time away from Angola, but when I got back 2001, I had a first-hand experience with our reality that was shortly after the war and having worked uh, down south in commercial area, do, exactly doing uh, health supplies. I've done some of that, and then I came into Angola, a starter to work with an oil company, and uh, there was 15 years of my life doing that, and then I moved on to being commercial manager for a logistics company, DHL Express, as commercial manager, and that also added to the flame of being entrepreneur. Today, as a coach, I have the honor, I said, and privilege to help guide and direct and also give my opinion with regards to what we should do best, especially so we don't waste unnecessary time. This is where Anna Samuel today is. I'm a permanent guest with Matabishu Tepea Doish, and to me, is sharing what I've learned and creating a better environment, workplace environment, through my experience to people that have joined the workforce. Because in this environment that we are today, when we look at the, the corruption, and, uh, corruption and we look at the processes and procedures, we realize that most of this happened because of the lack of this. And today, my focus as coach is really focusing on the workplace, looking at women's positioning, how they are positioned, the opportunities around there, and trying to steer, because I think women, right now in the month of March, I think it is good that we actually bring up this conversation. Women have to realize that we have a very important role to play, especially being more conscious, being more in the administrative world. We need to really redefine working well. And in management position, women tend to be better in managing even money, uh, because we do that at home. So to cut off and help governments from bleeding, I think my point of view is really that we have to have more women in management position, especially where we have vulnerabilities, where we can have exposure. So uh, for some reason, we tend to be very good at that. So yeah, this is Anna Samuel, and like I said, I add service to Angola. And uh, uh, Anna Samuel, so... Um when talking about your coaching activities, yes. you deal only with women or also you bring also both men? Both men. I think when we coach, we look at, in general, my focus is coaching and improving our leadership capabilities. So I do that both for men and women. Uh, men right now, most of them in management position, is really telling them that you don't need to be the perfect boss. 
but you need to be a good leader. You need to be uh, give equal opportunities to everybody. And we also want to stop some of the abuse that, w that was there. So making men more conscious about their role while in the management position, and also because now with this law there's a 50-50% uh, share in government being promoted by a president. So we're looking at that taking place so we have more women sharing that same power men have. Uh, with the women specifically is telling them you need to take ownership of your destination uh, you need to take ownership find your purpose focus you as a woman because when you save one woman when you empower one woman you have three or four behind her immediate family members then you have the nieces we are african families the buntu so we have people behind them so these same people uh, uh, one woman she can touch 15 people in one blow so uh, focusing on the woman she being a good example it's automatically going to influence a whole community so uh, i'm very excited and i love doing that because it's about having leadership in our day-to-day -day, even kids telling them how to take ownership so uh, that is it goes both ways men women but more importantly, empowering the women. Why more importantly empowering the women? Because we've just walked into the workplace. In the past, uh, it is fair to say in Angola, a few women have made it to management positions. Today we can look around and we will see more and more women in management positions. The government is more conscious. We've got women uh, uh, movements working around that, making sure that we actually don't beg for these positions, that we fight and we deserve them. We have the same women in oil and gas. We have women in uh, doing business. And when we go back, when men were at war, the women were supporting them giving them food, looking after the kids. When men came back, things changed. Women started sharing the workplace. So now we started going both to work. But men were always like in the front, one step ahead as bosses. So we were supporting the bosses. Today we need to also move into boss positions where we actually manage because men are very oriented in doing one task, but women multitask. So there's more, even empowering women, you, you, you win more, you gain more. The little things men slip in general, women tend to catch up. When we're doing housework, cleaning, she's cleaning, she's washing, she's cooking, she's looking after the kids. So we do so much. So imagine you have one powerful woman in a workplace. She can oversee so much because the eye of a woman is just very different. Well, uh, dear listener, this is uh, the guest with uh, Anna Samuela. Could you tell us, when did you start embarking at um, the world of entrepreneurship? Entrepreneurship since, I would almost say, I've been in an entrepreneur for, I'm 45, so I've been an entrepreneur, I would almost say, for the past 30 years. 30 years because I started off uh, when we had the initiative uh, at the bonded warehouses by Oshikango. That time already in 95, 97, we used to bring commute with the trucks into Angola, Lubango, and uh, I used to always bring what is mine on the side to exchange or to sell. And so that's when we started. There was a shortage of beautiful bras, for instance, and people used to have access uh, in Namibia. They would bring it to Angola. And uh, beautiful bras from here, we would take to Angola. So there were communities on both ends, and people would want 
that and so we used to do that so and uh, when I started my own business in 2005 I did a florist business because I'm a florist as well I do flowers so I had in the flower business I realized that it's really wanting to be in touch sharing that I started doing flowers and then I moved into decoration like events parties and then I started doing that as well. And today I own a nail spa and I do events. So at the end of the day, when we look at entrepreneurship and especially uh, or, or the opportunities that there are for women, there are more women in Angola have been uh, entrepreneurs for ages. The only thing that we didn't have access to was credit. We never had because we used to sell at our gates, the peanuts, we used to sell banana, all of that at our gates. So what we needed then was really support to have uh, a cash flow. And sometimes, because you also look after your home, you've, you've, you've got your responsibilities, you tend to take the same money to support the home front. And the tendency is uh, when she goes down, everything falls apart. So what we didn't have in the, in the past was access to credit. Today, women are more conscious that they need that. Today, we've got the internet working for us. When we coach, and I, when I coach on success and I coach for entrepreneurs, we talk about going to the bank and ask them, what do you have for me? This is what I have or this is what I do. You need to be eager to understand. People are scared about using money from the bank and we see it as a loan. So we need to re-educate our people that the bank's money is really our money. It's money to work. It's money to, to be injected into the economy and to grow the economy. When we look at the industries, we need industries to develop. We need foreign investments to come into Angola. Sometimes we hear negative feedback about what's happening in Angola. But I think my opinion, being in Angola for the past 30 years, there is so much to be explored when it comes to industries, textile, everything. But people just need to take the necessary precautions. We need to understand the laws. Today they're more open. You don't necessarily need to be in partnership with an Angola national to be able to do business. So we've got a very promising uh, working environment. The focus was in oil and gas. No, today we need to go inland. We need to go uh, agriculture. We need to focus on our wood industries. We've got so much to give. Angola was the diamond of Africa years ago. People used to talk about the cotton. Nothing has changed. So, so Angolan women have a, a very large... Um, endless uh, opportunities because okay. United Nations, uh, there's so much international support for us to explore. We can come together doing cooperatives and come together, explore the money that's out there available for us. But for that to happen, we need to educate ourselves. We need to understand, we've got INAPAM, we need to understand what opportunities are there? How can we use them? Cooperatives, now we're going into fishing industries. They are little cooperatives. I'm also part of a cooperative uh, initiative. We come together, we've got our boats, it goes, and when it comes back, we share the fish, it gets sold, and we share the profits, we share the money. And so it's really about informing ourselves. Entrepreneurship is really informing ourselves, understanding the market, understanding the customer. And because when you work or when you do business, it's really not about you doing business, it's about who you're serving. So when we understand that we are serving the customer, what does the customer need? Then we will go get these products. We, are, we must understand the needs. And today there's so much we, that we can focus on as women. 
uh, agriculture is one of them. Our mothers have been going to the plantations forever. Now we need to help them manage it because uh, doing math, she will give you a bunch and just say, okay, fine, just give me whatever. No, today we need to focus on the price, give a fair price because we have infrastructure even for her to grow. She needs to be conscious about her price, what she's spending, the time. Time is value. Time today is indispensable. Today the focus really is how do we use our time as women? How can we multiply our money that we inject? How do we stop using the same money? We need to pay ourselves salaries. So it's more conscious understanding that. Well, uh, Anna Samuel, we are very close to the end of um, this interview. But um, what's your message for all Angolan women? mainly those who are in the fields of entrepreneurship. My sisters, uh, Angolan women, we were born to shine. We have the natural gift to give. So what we need to give more is our time. You have to select what you like doing. You need to invest your time. You need to communicate to your family, this is what I want to do because the first support that you need to get is home. Our sisters in the diaspora as well, Angolan women, when you're out there, you need to understand you are an extension of us. So what you can do from out there, sending information, sharing information, teaching us as well, will also help us or empower us. So uh, the, the local Angolan women, let's be hungry to create uh, opportunities for others, create uh, small businesses, but also understand that the focus is really, at the end of the day, making the money move. And money can only move when we sell and we don't focus on the price, we focus on the customer, we do fair trading. So we thank you very much, uh, Anna Samuel, for this opportunity to the program in English. I believe it's the first time, but we are still there for many and many interviews. Thank you so much and much love. God bless everybody. Well, dear listener, that was our talk with um, coach and also entrepreneur, Anna Samuel, talking to the program in English. So we thank you for being with us and hope to see you next time. Goodbye. Women Champions, the achievements of Angolan women in spotlights on RNA International. The RNA International now connects Angola to the world. It's simple. Visit www.rna.ao. Everything about Angola you learn here on the RNA International at www.rna.ao. Global Connection. And there you go. That was RNA International. Daniel Kikesh talking to Anna, uh, talking to Anna Samuel. Anna Samuel, a great Angolan uh, lady. Well, the clock has just struck 1.30 and it's time now for us to bring, for us to bring you our news bulletin. <laughs> It's time for the news. Your attention to the top stories. Angola attacks to promote dialogue stability in DR Congo. 
the National Assembly discusses the proposal law on the political administrative division. Angola Construction Company joins the United Nations Global Compact, Senegal to hold presidential election in June 2nd. Tomai Santana assures the sound control, and I am Ignazia de Gama. The details right away. The President of the Democratic Republic of Congo, Felix Shisekedi, is available to discuss with his Rwandan counterpart, Paulo Kagam. This was uh, the outcome of the meeting that brought together the Angolan President João Lourenço and his Congolese counterpart, Felix Shisekedi. According to the Angolan Minister of Foreign Affairs, Tete Antonio, the two heads of state discussed the way to resolve the prevailing situation of instability in the east of the Democratic Republic of Congo. Tete Antonio said that President João Lourenço met with his DR Congo counterpart in his capacity of the mediator appointed by the African Union to deal with the situation in the east of the country. The main object was to analyze the prevailing situation in the East of the Democratic Republic of Congo. Our assessment and the concrete results of this meeting is that President Chisekedi accepts the idea of a meeting with Paul Kagame, the President of Rwanda, and Angola in its capacity of mediator as the responsibilities of making the following steps to make this meeting come true with the object, as you are aware, is to end with the prevailing of crisis in the Eastern Democratic Republic of Congo in order to secure a sustainable peace in that country. That Antonio said that Angola has been given the task of taking the, the subsequent steps to hold the meeting without any reference to Date. We have not a date yet, and I said that the Republic of Angola, in its capacity as mediator, has the responsibility of giving the next steps. The next steps means we will not provide all the details right here and won't reveal them yet. João Lourenço uh, had a separate meeting with Felix Chisekedi and Paul Kagam on the sidelines of the 37th Summit of the African Union held in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. The Speaker of the National Assembly of Cuba, Juan Esteban Hernandez, assured in Luanda that he established with the Angolan counterpart Carolina Cerqueira the foundations of strengthening relations between the respective parliaments. Speaking to the press at the end of the meeting with her Angolan counterpart, he emphasized that once parliament relations are reinforced, it means the uh, historical, political, economic and social relations between the two uh, countries and people are also uh, strengthened. He informed that he discussed with the Angolan speaker issues related to strengthening cooperation between the two parliaments and comply with the agreements signed between the two countries. During the state visits of the Cuban president uh, to Angola and of President João Lourenço to his country, the reinforcement of the cooperation protocol signed in July 2012 was also under discussion, which defines the principles and areas of cooperation and exchange of experience between the two countries. 
countries. The protocol also aims to coordinate parliamentary diplomacy, boost relations between friendship groups and strengthen the institutional capacity of both parliamentary administration. Esteban Lazo Hernandez took the opportunity to thank the friendship of the Angolan people. The National Assembly is discussing the proposal law on the political administrative division, which provides for the creation of the uh, 20 provinces and 325 municipalities. The proposed law on the political administrative division aims to promote the balanced development of the territory, bringing uh, public services closer to the citizens, guarantee the full occupation of the territory, and on the other hand, uh, rationalize state administration have increasing efficiency and equity. The executive's legislative initiative also foresees the creation of the two new territorial units at provincial level, which will result from the division of the Mushiku region and Kwandu Kubango. The proposed law also includes the suppressions of some sub-municipal districts and the elimination of the distinction between urban districts and communes. MPs are also to vote on the state budget implementation report for the third quarter of 2023. The joint opinion report on the document, which was recently approved by Parliament specialized, to meet with 20, 26 votes in favor, 9 against, and 1 abstention, found that only 46 of the 164 municipal administrations submitted their accounts for the third quarter of 2023. They included 18 recommendations to the government and states that of the country's 18 provinces, only four have fully complied with their accounts, namely Kwanzaa Norte, Wambu, Malanche, and Namib. The inflation rate for the period under review stood at 12.22% above the inflation rate of 11.1% set in the 2023 state budget. The entry into force the, of the new Customs Tariff Regions 2022 in April will encourage producers to uh, increase domestic production. The new tariff one uh, of the instruments that increase imports duties on goods produced on a large scale in the country. According to Altino Lorenzo, a general tax administration technician, the document is in line with a set of economic measures that will allow large-scale cultivation of agricultural products that the country needs for food self-sufficiency. The official recalled that the document also provides an increase in duties of up to 55% with 11 products in the basic basket exempt from duty. He underscored that the reduction in duties on foodstuffs from the agricultural products, livestock and fishing sectors will make it possible to reduce the price of this product on the national market. The tariff will be reflected to in improved living conditions for citizens. He highlighted the 50% reduction in import duties on cars, footwear, footwear and raw material among others. The ambassador of the European Union, Rosario Bento Paes, said, in, uh, said in, in Luanda that Angola is one of the African countries that has made the most progress in the field of combating money laundering and related matters. Speaking at the opening of the workshop on money laundering related to designed non-financial business, she revealed that Angola and the EU 
have made strategic international political commitments with a view of promoting sustainable policies in those areas. The European U Union representative to Angola pointed out that countries around the world increasingly feel the need to strengthen their judicial system with tools that allow them to prevent combat and stop those structured chains of illegality. The Angolan construction company, uh, Matapalo, has become the first construction company to join the United Nations Global Compact. It is the major sustainable corporate initiative in the world with the aim of guiding companies' strategies towards the 10 universal principles and the 7th sustainable development. With this achievement, Angola has 23 companies on this platform, which currently brings together more than 20, 24,500 companies from different areas and 167 countries as well as hundreds of non-governmental organizations, official bodies and UN agencies. By signing out the pact, companies most work towards the fulfillment of the 17 United Nations throughout a logic of collaboration and innovation in areas such as poverty reduction, gender equality, climate change and decent work as well as the commitment of annual inform the progress of the implementation of the 10th principle in its structure related to business, culture and daily operations. Angola has received seven cruise ships with about 5,000 tourists on board 2024. This was announced by the General Director of Travel Jazz, Jose Cabral, to this radio station. Jose Cabral announced that in the new 2024 season, the country will receive about five cruise ships. It's a way to promote the tourism in Angola, because each cruise that comes to Angola is a way to promote the country outside because uh, not only for the guests that are in the ship but also for the ship companies that uh, talk to each other and speak about new destinations and uh, if you go to the internet you can find if you search cruises angola you will see many many information about it so it's a kind of promotion if uh, someone wants to search about angola will find for example, that are cruise ships that are coming from Angola. So uh, it's a kind of trust that gives to ones that want to come, seeing that, oh, they receive cruises, so it's a good place to go. So it's a, it's a way of uh, free promotion that the country have uh, with the cruises. Okay. In this season, we had uh, seven. 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 Yeah, it was a very good season, considering that we were in the COVID and this was the first season after COVID, so seven cruises for us, it was very good. This new season, we think we'll have around five, around five. Sometimes the, the cruise lines, they change their routes. They go for other sides, so it's not uh, always the same number. They can go up or go down, so it's, it's normal. It's a number of uh, maybe 5,000 tourists around that. We have more than 20, 25 nationalities, American, Germans, China, South America, Brazil, Portugal, Spain. So it's from everywhere. It's Americans. American. Quite Normally different. they are more than 50% in a cruise ship. Okay. We have already ships that come from Germany mm -hmm. and it's 100% German. Mm -hmm. 
it's a ship with 100% German. Okay. But in a normal cruise with multinationalities, is Americans for sure. José Cabral pointed the main uh, that the main gains and contribution of the tourism sector in the country's gross domestic product. Well, uh, we gain because uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, people involved. We need to, to rent uh, buses, we need to pay to guides, we need to pay to restaurants, and the tourists uh, buy some souvenirs, so it's uh, several people involved in, in this chain. It's a very low number, yeah, it still, uh, still is a very low number. I think, I'm not economist, so <laughs> I cannot talk about that. But for what I know and I see, it's, uh, it's a small number that uh, I, I hope that will increase in the next years. Okay. That was the General Director of Travel, Jess José Cabral. The First Consul of the Kenyan Embassy in Luanda, Andrew Mujivani, welcomed the decision of the Angolan government in opening up its border to African countries. The Kenyan diplomats say that it is a step on the right direction and commend Angola for this important decision. This is the step we want the countries to take because if you look, these borders they are just borders that were created there, but we are one people. Mm -hmm. So. We should be able to facilitate, and especially in Africa, that is what we talk about. In Africa especially, we should be able to travel to our countries uh, easily without any problems. And that's how we shall grow our trade. That's how we shall grow our relations. That's how we shall strengthen our relations. That's how we shall strengthen our culture. If we meet, interact, and that's how we'll grow as a, our countries and as a continent of Africa. And we are happy to see Angola opened up. Of course, to African countries, they only opened up around 14 or that is, which we think this number can, <laughs> can be increased. And Kenya, we are hoping, with the friendship we have and the good relations we have, we are hoping to see ours uh, increase, uh, also part of that. And as I said, uh, during the story, our president, uh, Ruto, uh, highlighted and mentioned that Angolans can travel to Kenya freely without visa. As I told you, we are just working on the official uh, modalities and, uh, before we start. Yeah. During the same visit, President Lorenzo promised that uh, Angola will reciprocate and also extend the same to Kenyans. And it's one of the issues we are following up as an embassy, following up with the government of Angola to see when this can be done. Uh, because it will be good if both of us uh, allow movement to each other's country. And I think this is a step in the right direction. And we commend Angola for the steps they have taken. But even Kenya, we are taking the same steps. As I've told you, the president has announced by the end of this year, he wants to see that uh, African borders are open, the, the Af African brothers and sisters are free to come to Kenya without visa. Andrew Mujivani also spoke about the waiving of visa in the ordinary passport of Angolans and Kenyans. Uh, we don't expect it to go to take too long because this is something our president announced, so we, and uh, this is a, a directive from the president. So we are working, already working on it, and uh, we have uh, instituted the necessary communications on it. And uh, as an embassy, we are following up on it, and we believe uh, this is something that will uh, not take too long. 
because we don't want it's not in our interest mm -hmm. and as as president has mentioned by the end of this year uh, all modalities should be in place so we don't have in a, a lot of time mm -hmm. so we hope as i said i hope by january we can announce now angolans you can you don't need now the visa anymore you should now you can start okay. uh, traveling so this is something we hope to announce very soon Andrew Mujifani highlighted the impact of the waiving of visa in the strengthening commercial ties between Kenya and Angola. According to him, this will increase the business volume between the two countries. Of course, we believe if you open up, you know, business people also like uh, this opening up of free visa both ways is important, especially for business people. Because business people, when you allow free movement, business people are people who want to come in a place, check the water opportunity and leave. But now if you put up many complications, you have to, people shy away a little bit. Because when you make your visa become very difficult to operate, to get, people get it. Uh, when you tell them now, I want to visit this country, ah, they tell you that the process there is too much. Let me go this one here quickly. Yeah, yeah so it is, it's going to encourage the movement. And if we get that one right, plus what I talked earlier about connectivity, to have good connectivity and easy connectivity, I think then we'll, uh, we are going to see an increase in, in, in the business again. Because uh, to be honest, our trade volume is still very low between Kenya and Angola. But it's not low because there are no opportunities, because opportunities are there, but it's because also of the historical development of our two countries. And I think, but now also Angola is also opening up to the rest of Africa. And I think this is a message that President Lorenzo has really taken up. It's really opening up to the rest of Africa. And I think now with that uh, deliberate action by President Lorenzo, I think now even other African countries now like Kenya will be able to have more engagement with Angola uh, in terms of business, uh, economic uh, sense. So we believe that, uh, and I'm sure that uh, this is going to improve and, uh, our, our business ties uh, greatly. That was the first consul of the Kenyan Embassy in Luanda, Andrew Mujivani. And on to spot, Petru de Luanda ascended to the first position of Gita Bola 2024. The feat was achieved after beating Bravo's Makish by 4-0 in the 15th round match played at Luanda uh, on the November stadium. Tiago Azulão, Mindinho, Julinho and Carlinho scored the goals that gave victory to Petru de Luanda. With these results, the defending champions has 28 points, while Bravos do Maquis remains seventh with 17 points. So, spotting the Cabinda, a bottom of the table with five points. And beyond the borders, President Makisal's initiative to convene to convene a dialogue in Dakar has culminated in significant development for Senegal's political landscape. The conclusion of the dialogue revealed two crucial outcomes that are set to shape the nation's electoral future. The first focal point of discussion resolved around the, the electoral process. Participants deliberated on the status of candidates, particularly distinguishing between the, those whose, candid, uh, whose candidates were upheld by the Constitutional Council and those demands as spoiled candidates. The second major deliberation centered on determining the, on the, the election date. 
after careful consideration and dialogue consensus emerged around settings June 2nd as the date for the presidential elections. A two-day protest kicked off in Nigeria, commercial hub of Lagos, before other location nationwide followed. One of the country's main union, the Nigeria's Labour Congress, has called workers to uh, Nigeria's are living throughout one of the West African's nation's worst economic crisis in years, tragic by surging inflation and the consequences of monetary policies that have pushed the currency to an all-time low against the dollars. Full stop for the news. Let me then remind you the top stories. Angola attacks to promote dialogue stability in DR Congo. The National Assembly discusses the proposal law on the political administrative division. Angolan construction company joins the United Nations Global Compact. Senegal to hold presidential election in June 2nd. Tomai Santana assured the sound control and Ignacio Tegam was in the microphone. Goodbye. News. News Hour. News. News Hour. News. News Hour. News Hour. Thank you very much, Denazia de Gama, for bringing us our news bulletin here on the RNA International. Our news bulletin, which is our main news service here, uh, as far as our shows are concerned. Alright, let's move on now with some more Angolan music. Eu tô com amor Não existe 
International not connect Angola to the world. It's simple. Visit www.rna.ao. Everything about Angola you learn here on the RNA International at www.rna.ao. Global connection. Eu quero me afogar, eu quero ter calor. 
Tá procurar, deixa eu te amar.